0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up
1: now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase
0: necessary. VTW group prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle's Sports Radio 950 KJR. So ahead of us here in Hour 2 on Sports Radio 950 KJR Comcast, Sportsnet Northwest will... Uh, jump into steelhead nation here shortly also talked to Liz Hamilton of the NSIA about uh, the uh, Washington or I'm sorry the Oregon uh, fish and wildlife commission's uh, vote last night 4 to 3 4 to 3 not, yes, sir. not and not in the correct direction not favorable by any means not yeah. at all not mm-hmm. at all so the the lemming 5 continues uh, the zog vlog uh, bill we 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 interrupted you in the middle of I believe the the right in the middle of the list number 3 let's let's get to number 2 and number 1 what are the what are the top 2 most followed current steelhead techniques
2: well
3: number two uh like like uh, casey Kasem used to say this one was on the top of the charts for a long time but it's just (laughs) fallen off because it got knocked off by something far better but let's tell you number two is the good old pink worm and it's been around for a long time boys we know that 20-plus years now, we finally figured this out. The Canadians are still laughing at us, by the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're always You know, like you hear Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Welcome to the party, pal. Right? Well, we got to the party <laughs> late, but but like – Hey, we're you here. Know, yeah. in, in Ghostbusters, better late than never. Right. right? So we're, on, we're in it. Right? So, yeah, the pink worm, man, it's, uh, it's still being used – more than more than ever, probably, but uh, it's starting to wane also because uh, it's like having that hot new girlfriend after you have her around for a while, and You got to talk to her, you know. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, not as good as it was at the beginning, but it's it's okay. Right?
4: We run out of things to say. How yeah. many, Bill?
0: Yeah. Bill, how many? Uh, I would say that the pink worm is the most written about steelhead technique yes. in the history of mankind.
3: I am proud to say I have never done a pink worm article. Oh no, kidding!
0: <laughs> no, you are and, the and only exception no. who has ever not. Yeah, run. I
3: just, I just can't do it, man. But uh, the, <laughs> in in my steelhead uh, drift fishing book, uh, way back in the day when everything was steam powered, when I wrote that, it's uh, I, I did mention the pink worm in there. I believe it was the first time it's ever been mentioned. I was the first to do it, but I mentioned it kind of like. In passing, like, oh, yeah, you can use this thing these Canadians use, but why? Okay, well, we figured out that guess what? These things are extraordinarily effective, they're mm-hmm. easy to use, and they catch big steelheads.
4: Well, a couple of things. Big the, big uh, the pink worm is not so pink anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's right. so many variations mm-hmm. in colors, and guys obviously fish them a number of techniques. It started out drift sure. fishing, now it's bobber dog, now it's uh, suspended mm-hmm. on a big jig head under a float. It's just... You right, know, right. there's the variety and, again, the fisherman's mind, and they come up and create new colors, new uh, presentations. And I recall, Bill, actually the first article I ever read about the Wianoochee River about 30 years ago just happened to be a pink worm article and talked about accesses in different sections of river. But the emphasis mm-hmm. was the pink worm in December, January. Don't fish the river without it, and you will definitely catch steelhead. So there you go. What
3: do you, what do you know? Well, I first saw it many moons ago up on the Salduck River. Uh, my buddy J.D. Love, we all know J.D., what a oh, great yeah. angler and guide he is. Uh, one of his Canadian fellows brought a bag of Gibbs, Gibbs worms. No one sold them in the States back then. You could not find them. Mm. He brought a bag of these down with some dink floats and said, you yeah, know, I'm going to fish these out of the boat. So J.D. goes, eh, whatever. Whatever, well, they just They just slaughtered them because the Salduck is so snaggy. Back then... You either uh, drift fished or you pulled plugs and most guys drift fish and they lost a ton of gear. And here's a guy here's this dink float with this big rubber worm and the guy's murdering fish. And he he left a bag with J D. He did it over and over and over again. You are our buddy Robert Kratzer, right? Yeah. Has was watching J D catching all these fish and he couldn't figure out what in the world is this character doing. So of course he called Dave Vetter, Mr. Pink Worm himself, right? Mm-hmm. Dave was one of the first guys to write about it. And he asked Dave. He goes, "What in the is this guy doing? How do I rig this? What's going on?" So yeah, that's uh, kind of where I saw it start. Was on the sawback. A little history there, but yeah. anyway, that's uh, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, the reason that it's number two is because of number one. Does anybody have a guess out there in in uh, radio land what number one is?
0: Oh, I'm pretty sure everybody knows. Little round,
4: yeah, neutral buoyant. Mm. That's right. Variants yeah. of colors. People like to paint yeah. them. <laughs> Oh, there
3: you go right. it would be ding ding number one would be beads oh my mm. goodness and, well this is not nothing new i mean jensen eggs under a float all by themselves which are basically a bead's been doing it for 40 years right yeah Canadians have been doing it forever we've been doing it and we just got around to these things but it uh, i get the, i get this strong feeling that if you if you fancy yourself as a top-notch steelhead fisherman and you're on social media et cetera, et cetera, and uh if you place yourself in the front of the line there, it's almost a fear that if you don't use these things, you'll be looked at as some kind of socially unhip Luddite. You know, like, what? You're not using bees, man. Where you been? You've been in the cave, you know, all that stuff. You know, and good Lord forbid, if you get caught drifting or a drift rig or a corky, you know, you'll be banished from the steelheading fraternity, it seems like. What do you think, Dwayne?
4: Well, I all I can tell you is that this uh this bee thing has taken off. Oh, yeah. uh, I remember, oh, yeah. uh, gosh, it was probably 6 years ago going down to Oregon on uh, the Celets fishing with yeah, Chad uh-huh. and he's like, "Hey, you know, you got to keep this you got to keep this quiet." It's basically the way they rig them for uh, big rainbows up in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was uh, yeah, it, it was it. <laughs> it was fishing a long leader under a float with a bead on it, and uh-huh. I was just blown away with how many steelhead we were catching. And uh, I was reluctant to change. You know, I I right, I, right. I mm-hmm. gravitated towards it slowly. I would put a uh, would a put a dropper bead under a jig, and then lo and behold, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, the stupid fish would hit the bead, and I'm like, why do I even have the jig on there? Uh, exactly. And then you you, you kind of you know you, it's an evolution. Uh, and it's it a, and it's... it's a learning curve. And now there's all the different ways guys are kind of allowed their drift, their, uh, side drifting, you know, beads they mm-hmm. their bobber dog and sure. beads is the hot is the new hotness They're they're fishing beads vertically under a float, much like a jig presentation. It's just whatever sure. you have confidence in, you're going to present it as such. And a multitude of colors work depending on your water conditions. It's another new ticket item that guys are finding effective. Mm-hmm. No doubt about yep. it.
3: Well, well, we'll just keep going in this in this direction until we find something better. But that's the wonderful thing about steelhead fishing is we evolve. Sure, so we, we're such evolve, and we're always doing what works best because of uh, once a genie's out of the bottle kind of thing, and yeah. because of pressure, we have to use the most effective techniques to be competitive. I mean, there's only so many fish out there, guys. Right. What the what I love about beads other than they're super effective? <clears throat> excuse me. Is there far better for other fish than any bait we could right. use? I yep. mean, as far as smolts, as far as, uh, and they don't swallow them, almost zero uh, mortality because of these things. Right. It's, it's wonderful. I do think they're a little overused and people will use them even as we, one of our mantras in steelhead fishing is there's always one technique for a certain set of conditions that's sure. going to outfish another. Right. Guys are hesitant to use anything else and they find something that works really well. So it's kind of maybe because these things work so well, we're hurting ourselves, not trying, maybe not pulling a plug mm-hmm. once in a while, maybe not throwing a spinner or a spoon or doing something else because these work so well, we don't want to take them out. And they're so easy to use. We don't want to take them out of the repertoire.
0: Right. Yep, well said. Very well spoken. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, a good, that's a good list, Bill. Yeah, man, this
3: this was a lot of fun. Uh, I'd like to be out doing that stuff right now, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I understand you guys got uh, rain, is that what it's called? You got rain on there? Yes,
4: we got rain, we got water on the drop, and about the time that Shangel and I are Committed to the Sportsman Show, the rivers will be teeming with fish, oh, and uh, that's
3: gonna. I was watching, watching the weather report. That's gonna kill a Sportsman Show. Oh my yeah, goodness! I know. We, we got, we got this beautiful weather pattern coming up next week. Yeah, yeah We're gonna. We're, I'm gonna bring down a box of bowling pins, guys, and we're just gonna bowl in the aisles. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> we'll Perfect. Set, we'll just set them up. Are you yeah, coming over?
4: Gonna will you be over next that's, week? he I'm, 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 I'm be I'm in here
3: on Saturday. I'm be making sure he's committed. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I remember talking I'm, about it. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna be hanging out with with uh, the world's largest five year old.
4: Oh,
5: perfect! And, uh, we're
3: gonna at Yakima Bait, so okay. I'll be there all week, and we'll all be in the Saturday. It's gonna be a big party Saturday. I can't wait! Oh, That'll perfect! Be great fun. Good to see you, buddy. Looking yeah,
0: forward to it, Bill. Looking forward to it, my okay. friend. All right, man.
3: I will uh, hopefully have some more fishing tales for you when I see you next time. We'll uh, we'll see
0: you then. All right, buddy. Take care.
3: You Guys, be good. Later.
4: Always a pleasure. Always entertaining and factual information.
0: Good information, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. So, speaking of good information, let's uh, let's kick off Steelhead Nation for the week with a little bit of a chat of uh, of the Portland area streams. Now, Jack Glass and Brandon Glass, we've spoken to these guys a couple times throughout the course of the season, and more often than not, as Jack will attest, they've not been able to fish a heck of a lot. I mean, the glass the, the no. and the sandy have been. I mean, it, we're all aware of, of the weather conditions that have that have kind of uh, arrived with New Year's. And, and Jack, can give us an update. What are, what are the conditions these days on your local streams?
2: Well, thank goodness the ice and snow has gone away. That's (laughs) a good start. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, We've been out here in East County, especially on the Sandy River, Troubdale area, we've got ice. There's still some ice up in the gorge and snow. They expect more snow up there. But we had a good long deluge there. It really started about the first of the year, and and I've still got snow and stuff sitting around here in my yard. I'm standing outside right now looking at the river. The river's in excellent condition. Um, Yesterday was my first day to fish. We did well. The day before it fished and some of the boats did pretty well. And prior to that, it kind of got muddy because all the, the weather change came and the water came up, you know, and colored. And just uh, the ideal conditions after three weeks of really low, cold, cold water, ice flows. You know, you don't get a lot of new fish coming when it's like that. Right. So uh, it looks like a great week. Uh, uh, as you guys were just discussing, yeah, sportsman show next week, we got a good week coming up, uh, fishing, but, uh, we are <laughs> committed to the show. So I'm sure looking forward to being there though and share a lot of this information with everybody. Cause Brandon and I will be in the all rivers, uh, tank, uh, or all, all fishing tank. It used to call steelhead river. Now it's, now it's all rivers, I think, or yeah. something they call mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. but, uh, we're going to be talking a lot of techniques in there.
4: Well, as we alluded to a few weeks ago, we talked to Brandon, and we talked to you previously, Jack. You know, with that with that weather pattern we were stuck in, you know, the rivers got so doggone cold, the ocean conditions right. were actually warmer. And as you said, those fish were probably staging up, you know, just waiting. Now that we have yeah. uh, returning back to more normal temperatures, more normal level on flows, these fish are starting to migrate up. So yesterday was pretty good. Uh, does that sandy on, uh, you know— uh on occasion or is it is it known for jumping back into shape pretty quick does it drain out pretty fast and get back into shape relatively it early? does yeah. you know
2: it runs off of mount hood it's only about a 60 mile stream Yeah, it gets cold, it drops really quick. So, yes, it it cleared up really – everybody's expecting, you know, not a flood but higher event than what actually happened. Yeah. It kind of came off slow enough that uh, it got muddy for, like, two days, and then, man, it cleared right up again and ready to go. Clackamas also. We we do fish at Clackamas some. Uh, They're also having a nice shot of fish in there. Just like you said, those fish just wait. They know there's going to be a cold trend. So why come? Let's wait until the water feels good. Yesterday the water was – Running at uh, thirty nine degrees yesterday, thirty eight five in the morning, and thirty nine, and officially started biting about one o'clock yesterday.
4: Oh, go figure. So uh, isn't that something? Yeah. yeah, we
2: fished all morning, and we got a couple of bites, not too many, and then after one o'clock, boy, it lit up.
4: Yep, and uh, you're in uh, you're in the sled in the lower part of the sandy there, and are you uh, you bobber dogging, you uh, side drifting? What's uh, what's going on Doing with the, the flows bobber are...
2: dog deal? All you right. know, I had five people in a boat yesterday, and uh, a couple of them were challenged with casting. You know, one of them was and. And and for us, you know, that's just kind of a technique. You kind of get it out there, and I won't say it's a no-brainer, but it sure makes it easy.
4: Oh yeah, I mean, you <laughs> you you, know. you position the you know the the boat. And right. as long as you can teach them to open and close the bail, pick up slack, and then open when you want them to let line yep. out, and you instruct yep. them all day long, uh, that that weight dragging and that float going in the in the top current, as we know, is going to find that seam where those fish travel, and that's why we're so success, successful with it. You know, back when I was guiding, I, I it was my default method one. Because uh, you could teach people to actually, you know, fish a float who hadn't fished a float. And two, it uh, it was almost self-regulating, you know, especially, yeah, yeah. especially the depth of water. It either lays yeah. out flat or it goes vertical. But as long as you're in contact with bottom, you're going to be in the zone.
2: Absolutely. You know, so it makes it real simple to do. And, you know, you can do it from shore as well. When I do the drift boat trips, we get out on the bank and we fish on yep. the shore and it's also – an effective technique up there the main thing is casting it out make sure it's tangle free right that's the the most challenging part of it and the rest of it just kind of drag it down river That's all they call dragons so.
4: oh yeah yeah i've always instructed yeah. folks jack in my seminars you know when we're in the boat we're bobber dogging when we stand on shore and we're fishing that thing as if we we're drift fishing. we are float drifting is what we're doing yep. and uh yeah very effective so are you uh what are you dragging then uh you know as far as presentation underneath your bobbers uh you got some bait yep. going you're doing yep. uh you know beads? I, i'm real
2: big i'm big both yarn and eggs you know yeah, yeah. uh i use that a lot uh and without a question for steelhead you know i and i don't need to tell you this but my favorite cure is uh the, with posky's uh fire cure i, I love yeah. that stuff uh the borax cure something about that steelhead love that i throw some krill in there and mix that up that's the combination mm-hmm. and that is the combination they gobble that up so they do yeah uh, i you know i just don't go winter steelhead fishing without it
4: no, it makes it makes the perfect steelhead egg because you want that, you know, a little bit firm, gummy egg that's going to hold on. You get a durable yeah. bait that you can drag for quite a long time, whether you're side drifting or barber-dogging or drift fishing or whatever your presentation is. Right. But that it's not like fishing a wet, sloppy salmon egg, putting out a milk trail, scent trail. We don't need that, you right. know. No. Steelhead or no. visual, yeah, they key yep. in on a little bit of scent, you know, and as the water gets clearer, we go smaller and you can use even less scent. But, you know, when it comes to steelhead eggs, man— the more natural those eggs smell for me, with a little bit of krill to them, the better off yep. I have found steelhead respond. You know, you know,
2: and and, and when they bite it, they bite it twice. They oh, like yeah. it. They chew on <laughs> they it. They gobble it. They, they really do. do. Not, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So
4: uh, and then
2: yeah, beads. I'm, I am using beads quite a bit. I do like the soft beads, the R and B uh, beads. Uh, those have been working really well. Uh, I can't I can't say enough about those things. Yeah, you know, there again, they bite it twice. It's softer. You know. A uh, BNRs, I mean,
4: yeah, yeah, that soft B&Rs, bead, yeah, that's, uh BNR soft bead, yeah, yeah. kind of taken off here. And again, you know, it's kind of like fishing uh, back in the old day. Uh, you know, uh, uh, an Oki drifter versus, say, a rag. You know, it, yeah. it gets they get something in their mouth that's that squishes and smashes when they bite it. It's more natural film. When they hit something that's hard and they can't crush it, they they try to spit that out as fast as they can because it's not natural. You know,
2: you know, they came out this year with a size fourteen rubber bead, and right? I've been using that. And that's a big old bead but those fish can find it, and they seem to grab it really well. So a uh, 15, 16 pounds on a big old bead? Wow. What yeah. uh, what
4: colors are working for you, Jack, based on water yeah. conditions? You know, what colors you know, do you like to...
2: I, there, there's a moth uh, pink or orange. I like either one of those. And then there's kind of a... Shoot, I don't know the names of them, right? Yeah. Uh, and and one, anything anything's kind of an egg color, you know, a little bit molted, you know, yep. anything like that. I do like those. Uh, I, I just, you know, I don't know the names of them. I apologize for that.
4: No, no problem. Anything that's
2: more realistic looking in color to me, because they do molt up a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. When a fish drops eggs, they kind of get that glaze over them. And that protects them. What they're doing is they're becoming water-hardened, so water doesn't penetrate in the egg, and then the egg is dying, right? Sure. So it starts to turn a softer and whiter in color. Yep. Well, those fish key into that. They oh, absolutely. Get that. That's, those are the ones that are rolling down the river bottom. The good yeah. ones are buried down in the gravel. So, sure, yeah. Uh, it's just an instinctive desire to grab that. And as you said, too, they're reaction strikers. strikers, yeah. You know, they, I mean, they turn and grab right now. They don't uh, stalk it like salmon do. Salmon, salmon will stalk that herring sure. and, and look at the spinner and— look at plugs a little bit before they grab it quite often, or steelhead, they just react to
4: it. Well, steelhead are always feeding, right? I mean, their life yeah. cycle, they never switch off or out of gear of the mindset that they have to feed, you know, whether they're uh, right. coming into spawn, post-spawn, you know, downriver. They're, they're looking for nourishment all the time. Ocean, river, doesn't matter. Um, you know, water conditions dictate their, their feeding habits and their aggressiveness, but uh, when things are ideal, well, then like this sandy's dropping into shape, you got water that's 39 degrees, you know, hinging on hitting 40, ideal conditions, you know, three feet of visibility green. If you got fish in the river, chances are you stick some in front of it, they're going after it because they're hungry. You know, so it's uh, at times, and uh, Herzog and I have talked about this numerous times, and Jack, I think you and I have discussed it, you know, uh, I'll take steelhead fishing with fish in the river in good conditions over coho fishing any day simply because (laughs) coho can be so damn lockjawed, you know steelhead are going to bite, right?
2: Right, right. You get the conditions, they'll bite if they're there, so. Uh, I'm going to uh, throw in a little bit about Lama Glass. You know, yeah. Of course, I'm using Lama Glass rods. I got three of them. I'm using the Infinity rods. Right. The SI rods. And this new G1000, It came out with a cork handle. Right. Yeah, those are nice. Those are That's nice. A nice feeling mm-hmm. rod. It's I got a couple of those as well, yeah. Nice, yeah, nice big handle on it, you know. It's kind of old school feel. We've all gone to the graphite, you know, handles so much.
4: yeah. This
2: thing is really nice. I mean it's got a nice backbone for bobber dogging, you know, that there was question whether it'd be strong enough. No, it does fine.
4: Mm-hmm. It, it does fine. So, well, how do you like those infinities? I've been fishing in infinity as well and I tell you, it's uh it's a that rod performs very well. I like the grip of the handle. I I yeah. think as far as a majority of the lineup of Lamaglass is carrying right now whether it's Infinity, the SI, the the even the Redline series, you know, they've yeah. gone ergonomically correct in the way these handles are designed to fit in the palm of your hand whether it's a spinning or a casting rod and uh, I really like the direction they're going in molding these handles to fit comfortably versus yeah. one straight cork, you know, handle fits all. What do you think on that?
2: Absolutely, you know, you have to. You got to be innovative because people are going to hold that thing for Thousands of hours right. throughout the, well, maybe not thousands, but hundreds and hundreds of hours. And, and you want to make it comfortable. Absolutely. And they're lightweight. Uh, you know, the bobber dog and things. We don't need the super sensitive rod. It's a visual. We got a strike indicator we're basically using out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. something with a little bit of backbone. I don't like the, the, the 6 to 10 weights. I prefer a, a 6 to 12 or 8 to 12. You know, the little heavier, nine right. and a half foot. ten mm-hmm. and a half is great. Yeah. But I tend to use a nine and a half or nine eight length a lot more because it's easier to net a fish. The ten and a halfs are a little bit longer. A little long. People yeah. stand up on the bow to get the net underneath them because the rod is so long. I and mean, it performs great, but mm-hmm. they're just a little bit long for me. So um, any any one of those will work. But you need the length to help men line. Yeah, it's real important.
4: Yeah. Well, my ideal rod for bobber dogging, and, and you know, mostly because I'm drift boat. Uh, fishing, not in the power boat. Is I'll take a six to fifteen range, nine six all day long, spinning or casting doesn't matter. Right. Uh, because like you said, you got the power and the backbone to get the fish, you know, under control. Um, and of course when we're in a drift boat. Sometimes you got to chase them fish and you don't have the option to go back up river. So right. you got to turn them things. You don't want a six to 10. You don't want a you know, a six to eight. You want, you, you want that, you want that broader range. And again, uh, well mentioned Jack is, you know, you can get too long a rod. Yeah. 10, six for float fishing is great. But you know, right. one thing I remind folks is when we're in a boat a floating platform, we're already elevated a foot, foot and a half off the water anyway. So line mending isn't, is critical standing on the beach, you know, with a 10 and a half all foot right. rod, we can go to a yep. nine, nine and a half foot rod. Cause we're in a boat. So, yep. Uh, yep. all applicable, applicable. Hey, uh, Looking forward to seeing you and Brandon up here at the Sportsman Show. It sounds like you're not able to make it in-studio Saturday, uh, which is understandable. you got uh, you got quite a few seminars coming up. How many a day are you doing while you're up here? In well, field? actually, we only have
2: three in the river that we're doing, okay. uh, and it's all about bobber-dogging. We'll bring in a number of different things in there on that. But you can always find us around the Toyota booth. Right. We're in the Toyota booth with Toyota. They're doing a quirky giveaway thing. We're giving away fishing trips. Come in and sign them for a fishing trip. I've had... Numerous people win those fishing trips. I take them out spring salmon on the Columbia from the Washington area and come out and enjoy that with me. And uh, Come in and sign up in the Toyota booth. You can find us there. Or, yeah, come on, bait. Of course, I'm always kind of hanging around there. Right. Or Lamb Glass booth. We'll be in the Glass booth, too. So I give, will up. Be, uh, hook up. team hook up at the
4: show. Yep, I'll be joining you at the Lamb Glass booth, Just putting some time in there during the entire week. So we'll see you down there. Looking forward to you guys being there. Uh, thanks for jumping on this morning, and I'll see you uh, next week. Look forward to it.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
5: A laundry?
1: Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.
0: That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
1: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, by law, 80 plus, and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. Not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. Ninety-one percent of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's join MIDI dot com.
4: Guys, thanks. Right, thanks, Jack Glass. Team hookup guide service. Want to go down to Oregon and get some get on some boats? That's going to put you on some fish, Tommy. You want to you want to get with the uh, Jack or Brandon. Yeah, either or. The who's who of what's going on. Oh, man. There. They got their yeah. thumb on it for sure. You oh, know? Good sure. buddies with our buddy Cody Herman. I mean, they're like yeah. one big family down there, so oh, it's sure. all good. Uh, Steelhead Nation brought to you by Lama Glass and, of course, uh, Bo Mac. Most of what you see on the table here is presented to you by Bo Mac, and uh, we still have a number of good grab bags sponsored by Bo Mac to give away at the course of Steelhead Nation. As we get past the Sportsman Show and roll into February, March on our Steelhead Nation, uh, those prizes are going to be available. Check out uh, the lineup at Lamaglass. Go to LamaGlass.com. Check out Bowmac at bow maccom mac Say that four times fast. Uh, I'll pass. Yeah, so I like that, the
0: idea of those cork handles on those new G one thousand. They're I'm pretty a nice, old fashioned like mm-hmm. that. I like long live cork. Well, and it opinion. dropped the I price like down.
4: It dropped the price back down a little bit too, so yeah. guys are able to afford a really yeah. good quality rod. So uh, with that, we're going to jump out for a break. Uh, when we come back, the uh, second to last installment here. Northwest Wild Country. We have Liz Hamilton on NSIA. We're going to talk about the uh, the move we made here in Washington State relative to the Commission's decision last Saturday, as it reflects on the Columbia River uh, moving forward. And of course, what I consider the debacle, the absolute debacle that came out of Oregon yesterday with their Commission decision. All that and more with Liz Hamilton. When we get back right here, Sports Radio nine fifty KJR.
0: Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio nine fifty KJR. Saturday morning, seven twenty eight Sports Radio, nine fifty KJR, Comcast SportsNet Northwest, and you can hear us around the country on the iHeart Radio app. Uh, Dwayne, I don't know if you noticed this last night, or actually yesterday afternoon as well. You were in, uh, you were in uh, Larry Phillips' office, and there was a discussion about the results or the outcome, I guess you'd say, of the uh, the meeting of the Oregon Fish and Wildlife Commission. And it was late afternoon, and there yeah. was, there was really no news. Um for a reason, this this continued late into the evening mm-hmm. and uh, and and lo and behold, if you check your Facebook, you'll see this morning that there are the, the postings of some of the results of of that discussion yesterday, and then the results are not favorable.
4: No. Uh, and actually, you know, I, I don't know, um, if folks are surprised by that. I certainly am. As I mentioned at the start of the show, uh-huh. conversations with some of the commissioners uh, last week down Vancouver, uh, they were pretty much walking down the line that, you know, we, we really feel like Oregon's going to follow suit mm-hmm. because if they don't, this will be uncharted waters, you know, no pun intended there, but, uh, truly uncharted waters on how we're going to manage this fishery. I'm so glad we're talking to Liz cause maybe we can shed some light on the, the direction this debacle is now going to go
0: it's uh, Liz so uh, as we uh, as we just pointed out and as we have spoken about before we, we do have a potential situation here with the management of the Columbia River that I don't I don't believe we've actually been to this specific point in the past have we
5: no uh, d- uh, good morning gentlemen hey, good morning. Uh, director Melcher director Melcher was stunned the Oregon police didn't the uh, police didn't even want to come up and comment on how do you manage a river mm. that, for 100 years, has had a compact and concurrent management? So uh, this, is, this is dark times. This is ugly times, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I I don't think any of us know what to do. Except for I heard a lot of talk about let's just go buy a Washington license and fish on that side of the river. So <laughs> um, it, it's it's uh, the disregard that was shown by this commission for. The, the, there's 400,000 people who buy endorsements mm-hmm. to fish in the river, so yeah. uh, we, you know, we've got those numbers. The disregard for the nearly half a million anglers, the disregard for the state of Washington, for the fish and conservation. Uh, you know, some people wanted to rename the commission, uh, you know, Governor Brown's Gillnet Commission, rather than the Fish and Wildlife <laughs> yeah, Commission, for good because, reason. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, we have to remember there were three votes to go in a different direction. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but four of them were convinced that uh, a handful of gill who already get more fish than the sport fleet does mm-hmm. nearly every single year. They already get more fish. It wasn't enough. And we have to turn the dial over for more.
0: So it, this this is this particular uh, vote four to three is, is still fresh enough that I don't think. Most folks have had a chance to really try to consider what in the world are the possibilities here. But Liz, have you obviously, you know, I mean, you spend you know eighteen hours a day thinking about this stuff. I mean, what what in your estimation are some of the potential paths that we may go down here? Because because as I've mentioned before, there really is no case law that that we can that we can rely
5: upon. Well, Washington could promulgate rules for their gill netters and their sports anglers and their waters. Um, you would have to divide up the fish uh, using that method. And you might even start, especially if we go to court, which I, I think there's a chance of this, a good mm-hmm. chance of it. Yeah. You might even start arguing, well, let me see. Idaho produces a lot of fish, so we're going to weigh in here about which side fishes. And uh, Washington hatcheries, you know what I'm saying? I mean, who's yeah. got the fish? Where are they going? Right. And you know, this this could lead to uh, arguments about whether splitting the river fifty fifty for impacts is is appropriate. So, uh, you know, I mean, I I don't even know if we're going to have concurrent regs for uh, reciprocity, where you know I can take my boat and launch it anywhere in the river I want, as long as I have one of the two states' licenses. Correct.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
5: So it's, uh, I, I tell you, the, the director was stunned. The Oregon police were speechless and uh, just the blatant disregard and disrespect as something that I'd like to say I've never seen it before, but I've actually seen the Oregon Commission take fish away from the sports side before.
4: Right. Yep. And give
5: it to the commercials before. And I've also seen them flout an agreement they had with Washington.
4: hmm well, it's uh, interesting times ahead for sure, Liz. You know, it, it makes you start thinking about exactly what you stated. And Joel and I had this conversation uh, a couple times now. I It wasn't that long ago that we uh, have found ourselves with the ability to, uh, whether, because I retain a Washington license, I can launch anywhere in the Columbia and go fish. It's no big deal. Uh, you know, we may be taking a step backwards and pulling those back off the table. And, you know, this divide and conquer type of mentality is going to be very difficult to uh, manage our fisheries. Um, so whereby Washington followed suit and stayed the course, albeit with a few changes, you know, we, uh, we bumped back to a 75, 25%, uh, you know, um, uh, retention, um, and, uh, they'll, uh, they'll continue uh, one more year in the fall, the fall fishery, but at least we keep the gillnets, uh, according to the Washington plan off the river for our spring and summer Chinook. Uh, Does the Oregon plan now go ahead and uh, allow the gill netters to have access on the spring and summer Chinook as well as the fall fisheries, and they're still at the 80-20 split?
5: Yes. Now, speaking of splitting, I don't want to split hairs, but they're allowing tangle nets in the spring, which most of us recognize are just small mesh gill nuts, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So tangle nets in the spring and then gill nuts in the summer and the fall.
4: Unbelievable. That's what I'm
5: saying. That's a disregard for the fish. Yeah. Um, and and just, I mean again, they they need to rename themselves. They need to rebrand <laughs> because they're they're really not the Fish and Wildlife Commission here.
0: So Liz, do I mean maybe I misunderstand this, but don't but is there not a congressional decree that that, that requires that the states to manage concurrently?
5: The compact law is so simple and so elegant, and yes, it says you must. And then that federal law that you must manage jointly with uh, with the other state is also in state statute. So I mean, they've they slotted a lot of laws here. I mean, oh you know, the the Senate bill 830 that was passed uh, to go along with the reforms has a clause in it that you will manage the fisheries to optimize the economics to the state. And, that was disregarded as well.
1: So the...
5: You know, they were bench. I, you know, one more fascinating thing about all this, there's a commissioner that was just up for reappointment from the Portland area. Mm-hmm. Really nice guy. He, he really is. Um, but he very much describes himself as the conservation commissioner, the non-consumption commissioner. And there was a panel of some of the most powerful conservation groups in the state of Oregon that spoke first and asked for concurrence with Washington. And this commissioner who bills himself as the conservation commissioner voted with uh, the commercial.
4: Huh, <laughs> interesting.
5: It, yeah, i just uh, crouching uh, our head.
4: Mm. Yeah. Hey, well, something I haven't researched, so I'm going to ask you, Liz, uh, does NOAA weigh in on these Columbia-structured fisheries at all? In other words, so obviously we understand the, the uh, disaster of North of Falcon last year and having to obtain permits, and, you know, the, the fisheries have to be modeled um, to prove conservation efforts are in place, and, and uh, all those measures are accounted for, and then you present your fishery model for the season on this specific fishery, that specific fishery, and NOAA gives your stamp of approval, and then we get to go fishing. Does, do they weigh in on this particular Columbia River stuff, or is it uh, not part of their, their area?
5: In in this policy side of it, no, they don't weigh in. But they are on every compact call with us.
4: That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. So So, if we're presenting, yeah, so to present, Washington State presents a season to target, you know, uh, spring Chinook, summer Chinook, fall Chinook. It's a season that has to be modeled under conservation efforts. And here it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what we're going to do. And Oregon does the same. I mean, if they're opposing and they have different philosophies, management plans, I guess, does Noah have any say in regard to say, nope, that doesn't meet conservation needs?
1: With Lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
1: In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Or you guys need to submit the same type of plan, or we're not going to approve this. Is there any? Is there any possibility going down that road?
5: Maybe. I, you know, again, the word, you yeah. use the phrase "uncharted waters." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's very unclear to me. I will say one thing about Noah. Uh, years ago, when they wrote their first recovery plan in the Columbia, this is way back. Got a lot of gray hair. They actually <laughs> wrote into the plan that gillnets would be out of the water and commercial fisheries would be terminal, and there would be more selective fishing. In their very first recovery plan, they described all the things that this huh. uh, that these reforms embraced. Yeah, and uh, but. That does not mean, they're not going to get into allocation. They will look at the numbers, and if they add up to more than one, then they're going to turn it back to the state.
4: Right, okay.
5: So they can't harvest more than what the caps are under the Endangered Species Act. Correct,
0: yeah, okay. It's uh, it, it's very few times that you will have a uh, an inability to actually predict what's going to happen. I mean, we really don't. I mean, that's the thing about this conversation, and that's the fact, Liz, is that we just, we legitimately do not know where this is going to go. Sure. We don't.
5: I think the only thing we do know is that this has put ODF&W's budget in harm's way. Mm. And I think what we do know is that this has got folks, as you've seen, you know, talking about... What their legal and administrative uh, redress is for all this, whether it's uh, you know passing legislation, um, working against a budget because they don't want to fund an agency that has so little regard for them, and fund an agency that's supporting a different fleet than than theirs. I mean, all that's I'm I'm certain that sort of thing's going to happen. It, it just you can't you can't stop it. It's right. the genies out of that bottle. Yep. Um, courtrooms. Petitions. Oh who knows? Yeah, <laughs> the whole you know, thing sounds like. I was, a, sorry, I was looking at Bill Monroe's article this morning in on, on iFish, and he uh, <laughs> he starts it with "Petition anyone?" So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Liz,
0: appreciate yeah. your time this morning. I know you served some long, long hours yesterday and, and last night. We definitely appreciate uh, you taking the time to, to, to come join us. And, and this is this is going to be kind of an open invite because uh, we're going to need some translation on this stuff because because I, I'm apparently not smart enough to get it. I, no. don't, I don't get it. <laughs> well, they speak a different language. They do, indeed. And Liz is our interpreter, so
4: yeah. we'll utilize her services. Uh, appreciate you jumping on, Liz. This yep. is, this will be ongoing, and we yeah. will continue to stay in contact and yep. keep on top of this for sure. Thanks a million, thank Liz. Thank you for yep. staying yeah, on it. We're grateful. All right. no,
0: you bet. So More to Liz, come, Shagel. Hamilton of the NSIA. Let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish things out here on Sports Radio 950 KJR, Comcast Sports Net Northwest. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle's Sports Radio 950 KJR. So, Dwayne, one of the highlights of the upcoming show at the Puyallup uh, Fairgrounds is the presence of a new member of the Northwest Wild Country fleet, I guess yeah, you would call yeah, it. Yeah, I guess that is yeah, well said. Yeah. Yes, indeed.
4: Yeah. I uh, started going down the road of checking out pontoon boats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I started looking at our fisheries and our, our crowds. Hmm. And uh, I love the drift boat, man. I'm a diehard drift boat guy. I love you to bet. get out with guys for a day on the water, float the river, take your time, enjoy the day. Uh, the bumper boat thing is getting a little old. Mm-hmm. The uh, mm-hmm. the big mass freaking pile up at the ramp yeah. is getting a little mm-hmm. old, mm-hmm. waiting for people to get in the water and then the boat races and all that stuff. So I want to simplify. I want to scale down. I want to get into this pontoon boat, start looking around. Hey, catch your craft. Mm-hmm. Gave him a call. Started talking with David Duvall. Great guy. Runs the business out of Ellensburg. His, uh, his partner, Ken's over here in Kent. Welds all the frames. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've built well over 1,000 boats. Custom-made built frames to order, assemble a couple different models of pontoons to choose from. But I'm talking quality products. You know, you're looking at Leelock anchor systems on these things, Shangle. Mm-hmm. You, have, uh, you have ProLock ore systems mm-hmm. and ore, ore lock systems. Um, you know, they're, they're uh, and a really nice uh, handmade... All American built, custom made frame to order. I'm getting a single seater, 10 foot pontoon mm-hmm. boat. Uh, I've opted for a single frame build versus you can have it to where it assembles, disassembles, mm-hmm. so you can put it in a small vehicle. Sure. Put it in the back of a small truck. Put it, fold it up, put it in the back of your car. Uh, get to your location, assemble, inflate, put it together. You know, give yourself some extra time. Dump it over a riverbank. Don't need a launch. Nope. Don't need a trailer. Very, very self sufficient. Get somebody to Turn your vehicle around and you get some secluded water off where maybe some other guys aren't. Might run into a couple other fellow anglers, but you know, versus giving up the drift boat and being okay with doing a little bank fishing. This has given me access. Absolutely. Uh, Dave came over from Ellensburg a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. We spent a day on the lower mm-hmm. uh I was uh, blown away by the ability. You know what it did? It got me back to fishing. Because I pull off into the soft water, Tommy. I'm in, yeah. you know, four-foot yeah. water that I don't want to stand in with my chest waders, especially in the winter. I drop the anchor. I'm on a platform, and I'm fishing. I'm drift fishing. I could fly fish. I can, I can bobber dog. I can yeah. jig fish. Yes. I can pull anchor. I can move down. I can pull plugs. I can sit on anchor with my rod holder. It's got the capability to store three rods on the left, a rod holder on the right. I'm fishing. And this isn't nothing new to a lot of the pontoon guys. But I'm telling you, this level of boat... Mm-hmm. Uh, With the availability to get a full-length floor, high-strength, ultra-light, honeycomb fiberglass floors, non-grip surface, powder-coated frame so it's not going to rust, all sealed up, extra heavy pontoons, quality products, American-made, Custom-built to order,
0: right? And you'll see this boat uh, at—the first viewing of this will be at the Catcher Craft booth at the Puyallup Show. Our boat— And and it's going to be an impressive-looking piece of machinery. It is. And
4: uh, we've opted to go with Seahawk Colors. Uh, I wanted to go with Wild Country Colors. I was thinking a little more stealthy, black pontoons, kind of our maroon-red frame, gray floor. It's basically, you know, it's it's a Wild Country boat. Uh, the the black pontoons would be uh, maybe a month or so out. Mm-hmm. So yep. Dave and I talked, and he goes, "How about Seahawks?" So we're going to look. At, not going to be extremely stealthy in the summer, ultra clear water. Uh, <laughs> no. But you know, keep the boat back, fish in yeah. front of you, kind of thing. It'll yeah. be fine. Um, it <clears throat> excuse me. It will be uh, blue pontoons, powder coated green mm-hmm. the bright green frame mm-hmm. gray floors it's going to look sick tommy i voted against Seattle colors by the way oh, oh, yeah. i vote against them oh so. yeah i voted against yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. that's I what i get get over it joel wanted rams but <laughs> uh big blue gold. Gold. It, it's going to be an eye catcher <laughs> it's going to be at the catchcraft uh booth it'll be a it's a 10 foot one man yeah. pontoon again i'm getting a solid frame because i got a trailer i'm mm-hmm. equipping to tow around on yeah and i can throw a couple boats on and uh you can you know made to order and this is kind of the this will be as we unveil it here in the next couple of weeks uh, as we move forward with Catcher Craft for the next several months. This is the Wild Country package. You're going to be able to spec out this boat mm-hmm. and get it for a reduced rate. You're going to save two to four hundred bucks, mm-hmm. whatever the end yep. price ends up being as a, as we build this thing. But uh, a really great means. You're not going to spend uh sixteen thousand on a mm-hmm. new drift boat. You're gonna mm-hmm. spend ten thousand on a slightly used, you're gonna spend five grand on a used drift boat that really needs a lot of maintenance. You're gonna spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars mm-hmm. for a boat that's gonna give you amazing access and good fish.
0: Diversity is is uh, kind of the, one of the one of the keynotes of a boat like this. I mean it's it not just a boat for a steelhead river. This this is no. a craft that you can utilize on Literally, almost any piece of water you would like. Yeah. So it allows you access if you if you want to go catch bass in your home lake, you can go do it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. many different places to go with it. A hundred percent. Yep. It, you know, Joel and Dwayne both here know that I'm a little bit of a co- closet crappie file. <laughs> yeah. You know, most of my Croppy most pile. of my crappie yeah. fishing done on the, on a lot of our local lakes mm-hmm. is done from a pontoon. Sure. Yeah. You know, I can carry that thing down the bank or down the bank mm-hmm. to the lake, launch yep. it in, jump in, yep. Paddle around the lake and yep. for an evening, you know, a couple hours. You know, it's not it's not a big deal. They're so versatile. The modernization cameras, of these things, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. with the floors, not yeah. the open
4: front. I mean, I yeah. can hang an electric troll motor electric on the back troll. of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can work the shoreline. I will be standing on that platform this summer on my lake, fly fishing the the, the shorelines and the docks and whatnot, yeah. flipping lures out, having fun with bass and, mm-hmm. and all the other spiny race species because I have something that's not my drift boat, not the big wild country boat, something that's personal, versatile that the end of the day, this thing all assembled: frame, floor, pontoons, hmm. gear on it, the whole thing, ready to drag down uh, down an embankment, throw in the river, hundred pounds. Yeah, it's a ten foot yeah. boat. It's, you can't go wrong. Swivel tractor seat, high qual—again, high quality parts. Man, the thing yeah. is dialed. These guys put so much effort. They built, like I said, well over a thousand boats. It is something to be uh, be had, and I think people are going to be interested in it huh. because it's it's affordable.
0: I'm excited to, to to see it. I'm excited to see it. Legitlyams. Yeah. It's, it's at the Ketch booth. You can go to triple Catchercraft.com for information about this. Um, quickly, here before we have to jump out, uh, you, you had written a piece about um, uh, sunshine laws, basically. I mean, so, so we need to get into that particular discussion maybe next week, maybe the week after. Bottom line is that is that um, being able to, to see and witness the goings on at the North of Falcon process are critical
4: open public meeting act mm-hmm. uh presentation by the attorney general's office down at the commission meeting friday uh timmy was there uh, with me obviously and uh wrote a piece on it they put it up on uh, title exchange so go to title exchange and read it get educated on it uh it's a process that's still in the works it's not dead it's not favorable uh, recreational wants uh, transparency. Uh, mm-hmm. the commission wants transparency mm-hmm. the director wants transparency the tribes are not giving us transparency Co- so not, so not in it's, a, it's a tough it's a tough one to, to fight but uh, we'll continue to, uh, to to march on that and we'll see where we end up.
0: Tommy it was uh, it was awesome to have you in. I, I anytime you have a chance to come do this'd we like to get you in again. Okay sure yeah, man no problem. We didn't get to tell the rock story. No, we, didn't get to, to know, story. we didn't get to tell the rock story. But, we, we always you know, need three hours, and they only give it. us two. You got you to so. save something. That's right. That's right. Hey, hey, keep,
4: keep them coming back for more. Tune in also. next Saturday. Sure. It
0: will be the uh, Washington Sportsman Show all-star team in here, right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR, Comcast, Sportsnet Northwest. See you then.
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom?